The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. How can you have a closer relationship with the Lord? Many believers hunger for a closer walk with God, but don't know how to go about it. And some people never connect closely with God because they're always in a hurry and just don't pursue God. When Jesus told us to ask, to seek, and to knock, that involves pursuing Him diligently. I'm going to share what I believe are five steps to help you grow in having a very personal relationship with God. Hello, I'm Christine Darg. An old gospel hymn goes, Just a closer walk with thee, granite Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. But in order to do exploits for God, the Bible says that we must first know Him. That means knowing God's ways and His character. So in this program, I'm going to suggest five ways to increase close fellowship with the Lord. Number one, well, we all crave mountaintop experiences, but actually, I feel the closest to the Lord on a day-by-day -day basis when enjoying my daily Bible reading. I have a pretty hectic travel schedule, but every day I try to read some chapters from both the Old and the New Testaments systematically, along with a psalm for the day and also some wisdom from the book of Proverbs. I believe Bible study is the number one way to get to know God progressively and to begin to comprehend the secrets of His heart. Because when you read His Word, you're reading His thoughts. You're reading His heart. A lot of people crave to hear God's audible voice telling them what to do, but actually you can hear His voice every day simply by listening to a recording of the Bible or by reading His words in the Scripture. And the more you read the Gospels and meditate upon the words of Jesus, the more you'll know Him and understand His compassion, His wisdom, His healing power, His love for the church, that is the fellowship of believers, as well as His undying love for His people Israel. And your fellowship will grow deeper when you understand the Lord's heart on all of these matters. He wants us to understand what makes Him angry and what makes Him weep. Jesus wept over this city because He wanted to gather His people to Himself in His day. But they were unwilling at that time. But I'm happy to tell you at His second coming, hallelujah, Israel will be more than willing to receive the Lord. Well, there's no shortcut to deepen your relationship with the Lord and to increase your knowledge of God. It requires daily reading and meditation upon this Word. But Bible reading always brings me a supernatural joy and strength in my soul. 
This is because this word is supposed to be grafted inside of us. It's to dwell in us richly. So we should be fluent in God's word. And the more of this word that dwells within us, the better we'll know God. Bible verses are like time-release capsules that surface when we need them. But I'm often surprised by many questions that come to me because they're questions that are easily answered by definite Bible verses. But people are sadly ignorant of God's viewpoints on various topics that are clearly revealed in this Bible. You see, there's an answer to every problem in this book. What you do on a daily basis will become a habit and will have a cumulative effect for good or for bad. So when you read the word daily, it will accumulate in your spirit. Isaiah 28.10 is an interesting verse that states when we learn it's precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, we accumulate knowledge. You see, it's necessary that the same precepts should be often repeated by reading the Word so that we can better understand them and to receive revelation knowledge. So, to get to know God, we must thoroughly listen to what He has to say. It's often said by Bible teachers that the Gospels are God's love letters to us. So each year, start from the beginning of the Bible with the book of Genesis and gradually work your way all the way through to the end to the book of Revelation. Another suggestion is to start with the Gospel of John to gain understanding of the Savior and how Yeshua, that's Jesus' Hebrew name, completed God's plan of salvation, making access to God available to everybody. Besides reading God's mind in His Word, I want to suggest that a second way to grow closer to God is to learn to enjoy the Lord's presence by developing a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is your life coach, not any preacher or teacher, but the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth and He will protect you. If you'll listen to Him, He will keep you from many mistakes. I heard a man of God say the other day that because we are fallen human beings with an evil inclination, as the rabbis say, it's impossible for us to stay on track 100% of the time. But by developing sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, we can quickly recognize when we've gone off track and then repent and quickly get back on track every time. You see, the Holy Spirit is never wrong when He whispers to us. I've wasted a lot of the anointing upon my life on the wrong people because I wanted to be helpful in the ministry. But if I had been more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I would have recognized that some people, though they speak pleasant words, weren't actually sent by God. Even Jesus had his Judas. Paul was deserted by the world-loving Demas. Ananias and Sapphira were eliminated in Peter's presence by the Holy Spirit who protects us and does supernatural damage control. So I can guarantee you that God running your life and your affairs is extremely adventurous. 
Now, King David wrote in Psalm 16 and verse 11, In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. How few people can call themselves believers actually have revelation knowledge that the Lord's presence is full of joy. I love the Lord's presence and companionship. I don't feel His presence just in church, but I enjoy His company 24-7. We all need and crave human companionship, family and friends, but even our dearest loved ones will let us down from time to time because they're only human beings. But Jesus is one who sticks closer than a brother, and he shares his secrets with those who honor and reverentially fear him. Confide in him like you talk to a best friend. Pour your heart out to him. Just as best friends enjoy each other's company and let down their guard, so we must see the Lord as our very best friend with whom we can unburden our souls and just enjoy sharing the wonders and mysteries of God together. I'll never forget learning from my father of blessed memory, the Westminster Catechism. And its first question is, what is the chief end or chief purpose of man? And the answer, according to the Catechism, is, Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And the proof texts include Psalm 86 in verse 9, which says that all nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. And another proof text that we should enjoy God is Revelation 4.11 which says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are created. Well, here's step three. As we begin to talk to God, let's learn to express in our prayers our gratitude. Just as a close relationship with another person requires conversation, and being grateful to them, so a relationship with God is the same. Conversing with Him happens by prayer, which is really a two-way conversation between you and God. When we pray, God doesn't expect us to use formulas like the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is actually an outline of the salient points to cover as we're led in our prayers by the Holy Spirit. Really, God just wants us to tell him what's on our hearts and minds, just as you would share with your closest, trusted friend. And I believe gratitude and thanksgiving in our prayers are magnets that attract the presence of God. You see, there's so little gratitude expressed in this world. And Psalm 100 and verse 4 tells us to enter the Lord's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. In fact, Psalm 22, 3 reveals an awesome truth that God actually inhabits. He dwells amongst the praises of his people. And I find ingratitude to be so disappointing. No matter how much you've sacrificed, instead of rejoicing and be grateful, too often people's reaction is sort of, 
Is this all you want to give me? I'm shocked at how many times people never express gratitude for an offering and an acknowledgement letter. But my parents always taught me to express sincere thanks for gifts and offerings. To think of asking for more while not first acknowledging what you've already received is crass and extremely rude. So let's learn to thank God as often as possible for everything. Thank you, Lord, for my health today, for my eyesight. Thank you for continually renewing my youth, for granting me so many traveling mercies all over the world, for entrusting me with a ministry, for godly parents, for my wonderful husband, for outstanding children, for the best mentors in the world, for always providing every need right on time and for protecting me from traps. You can just continue to thank him and fill in the blanks. Well, step four, and this is so important and one of the keys of my spiritual life. Learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. This world is a dangerous place. We're in a boot camp in this lifetime to learn how to rule and to reign with Messiah in the age to come. Usually, what's the first reaction that you have in time of trouble? The Bible says that God is looking for overcomers, not whiners and complainers and moaners. I firmly believe that a complaining spirit actually chases God away from somebody. But someone who's determined to be an overcomer actually attracts the presence of God. This key is found in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, where we learn that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That's the phrase the Bible used. He encouraged or strengthened himself, not from within himself, but in the Lord his God, in the Lord's strength. David was described as a man after God's own heart. He knew how to develop an intimate relationship with the Lord because David was always seeking the face of God through prayer, through acts of obedience and repentance when he got off track. From David's example, we can learn how to enjoy closeness with the Lord. And David is one of my favorite heroes in the Bible. He was constantly being pursued by King Saul. He barely escaped several assassination attempts. He had to spend a lot of time in exile as a fugitive, hiding in caves and in the wilderness. At one point, his entire family was kidnapped and his friends turned against him and were ready to kill him. David suffered the shame of adultery and murder. And even though he was forgiven by God, the consequences of his sins continued to haunt him. His first child by Bathsheba died because of their sin. His son Amnon raped his daughter Tamar. Another son, Absalom, murdered Amnon, and Absalom's heart was filled with treachery. Because Absalom led a revolt against his father, Absalom was killed, much to David's sorrow and great grief. 
Despite all of these trials and setbacks, David is still known as the man after God's own heart. How was he able to keep such a close walk with God? Well, we discovered David's secret as we consider the context of 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, where David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. At this point in his life, he had fled from King Saul and was living in a Philistine stronghold called Ziglag, along with his family and his band of men. But the Philistines didn't fully trust David, and the town of Ziglag was attacked and burned by Amalekites. All the women and children were kidnapped, including David's family and the families of his men. So David's men were angry enough to kill him. But what does David do when he's lost everything and his own life is threatened? The Bible says David had the presence of mind to encourage himself in the Lord his God. And that's David's secret weapon. He picked himself up and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And with the strength he received from reviewing past victories and reviewing and reminding himself of the faithfulness of God, David was then able to face any problem. Some of the most significant people in the Bible, men like Job and throughout history, great men like Sir Winston Churchill, have battled the black dog of depression and hopelessness. But David encouraged himself. When you don't have anybody to encourage you, dare to encourage yourself in the Lord. That's the mindset of a winner. Remember, it's encouraging yourself, not in your own abilities, but in the Lord's power and strength. That puts all the glory and greatness and responsibility upon our deliverer, the Lord himself. You see, God obligates himself to show himself strong when we have that kind of an attitude. So how do we go about encouraging ourselves in the Lord? Well, rather than sitting around moaning and being negative and passive, we should become active and we should start reviewing all the good things God has done for us in the past and declaring that the same God who helped us in the past will surely come through for us again. We need to lay hold of the promises of God and to believe them. When trouble comes, it's wonderful to discover that you really believe what you thought you believed. David actually encouraged himself by composing psalms. And so we can recite those psalms to gain supernatural strength and encouragement. The Jews are really great at reciting psalms. Whenever there's a crisis here in Israel, whenever somebody is sick or in dire need of help, the religious Jews begin to pray the psalms. Whatever deep valley you're going through at the moment, have you just been sitting there moping or have you begun to strengthen yourself in the Lord by reciting the psalms? You see, there's great power in these psalms. From David's psalms, we learn how to strengthen ourselves in God. For example, while he was pursued by King Saul, David wrote Psalm 59. And from this psalm, we learn that David was determined to continue to praise God for his help to be delivered from enemies. And in verses 16 and 17, David decides to sing and to remember God's previous deliverances. 
He says, but I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. To you, my strength, I will sing my praises for God is my defense and so forth. So we learned from this that singing and worship attracts the presence and closeness of the Lord. And when the Philistines had imprisoned David, he wrote Psalm 56, which says, Be merciful to me, O God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. Verse 3, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. This verse doesn't tell us to deny being afraid, but to say that when we are fearful, that's when we learn to throw ourselves upon the Lord in total trust. Verse 4, In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and I am not afraid, because he's trusting in God. What can mere men do to me? Verse 5, All day long they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. Verse 6, they conspire, they lurk, they watch my steps, hoping to take my life. By this, David said, I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can men do to me? You see how he encouraged himself? And he also wrote Psalm 3 when he fled from his rebellious adversarial son, Absalom. O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though ten thousands assail me on every side. Verse 7, Arise, Lord. Well, when in hiding in the wilderness of Judah, David also wrote Psalm 63. In each of these psalms, David affirmed that in times of trouble, we are to put our trust in the Lord, and if we stay close to Him and praise Him and pray to Him, the result will be that we will be made strong and the Lord will support us. I love verse 8 of Psalm 63, which says, My soul follows close behind you. So David was actively pursuing God. Well, how about us today? In times of trouble, do we withdraw or do we have the presence of God to pursue him as David's example tells us? We have to put in the time and the effort. Then in the midst of the storms, a solid relationship with God develops and he becomes an anchor to our souls. A supernatural serenity is the result of trusting the Lord to navigate us through every difficulty. Do you trust the Lord or are you trusting in your own strength? Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord your God, knowing that He cannot fail you.
Well, the last point I want to make today about growing closer to God is step five. Learn to be the Lord's errand boy or the Lord's errand girl and to fulfill the will of God. The Lord has many assignments and exploits for people to accomplish, but so few really obey the Lord. And when he can find somebody who's willing to do his bidding, he takes great delight in fellowship with that person. I'm not just talking about picking up and going to a foreign country, which God's often asked me to do many times, but I'm also talking about the little day in and day out assignments that he gives us, like helping believers to network. For example, recently my husband and I met a 90-year-old believer who's full of good works because he knows God, and he took the time to set up a meeting with us with some key people, simply because this senior citizen is sensitive to the Holy Spirit's promptings, and he's learned to follow the Lord. He's still bearing fruit in old age. Age is never a barrier to serving God. Think of all the people in this world who disappoint God because of gross sinning or rebellion and disobedience. But when God finds a friend like Abraham who'll pick up and go to another place for God or a man after his own heart like David, oh, how God must rejoice to discover such human pearls of great price. You see, being in the will of God, doing His errands, brings us very close to His will and purpose and to His heart. When God gives me an assignment, I always enjoy His fellowship tremendously, His smile. I'll never forget being with an evangelistic team deep in the heart of Africa. And on that particular trip, I was the only woman with the team in a foreign country. And it could have been a lonely place for me so far from home and family, but the fellowship of the Lord's presence was some of the sweetest that I've ever experienced on that trip, simply because I was doing God's bidding and I was in the Lord's will. Now to review. I pray that this program has encouraged you to pursue growing closer to God by, first of all, number one, reading His Word daily. Secondly, by being determined to just enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, pour yourself out to the Lord all the time in prayer as you would converse with your best friend. Number four, Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord your God because nobody else is really going to do it for you. And number five, be quick to do the will of God and you will know His presence. Well, I've enjoyed this time together and if you would like to chat with me on the social media, you can contact me at Facebook or Twitter or we invite you to visit our website at exploits.tv where you can click online to receive our free color newsletter, Exploits. You can also receive an electronic copy and learn about our upcoming prayer conferences in Israel by visiting our website. There also are daily news articles about Israel and Bible prophecy, exploits.tv. So until next time, contending for the faith and encouraging you to 
Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I'm Christine Darg. Shalom. What a marvelous gift God has given us through the Internet to share with you all over the world. I hope that you'll take time to visit our website with daily news updates, articles, and insights into the unpredictable world in which we live. And of course, our central focus is the nation of Israel and how God is fulfilling Bible prophecy in these turbulent days. We send out email alerts of all our new videos, and you can also read our Exploits Ministry magazine free online. All you need to do is let us have your email address. Better still, you can contact us by phone in the USA at our toll-free number, 1-888-245-2692. Our number in the UK is 0843-557-4077. And please keep in mind that all this is made possible by viewers like you who will stand with us. You can make a donation by credit or debit card at our website. Thanks for being a part of Exploits Ministry. You're living in the promise of Daniel 11:32. Those who know God will be strong and do exploits.